From age 11 to 18, for one magical week a year, I could do anything. And everything was possible. For that one week a year, there were no rules. I'd eat nothing but junk food, swear like a sailor, and make my fair share of fart noises, both orally and naturally. I'd meet someone at breakfast, and we'd be best friends by dinner. Folks, that's because for one week a year, I was at summer camp. Life was different at camp. No, life was better at camp. The world outside ceased to exist, and all that was left inside this prepubescent Xanadu were me and a cabin full of my best friends. We were allowed to try new things, make mistakes, overcome challenges, and we'd have the time of our lives doing so. The weeks I spent at summer camp were some of the best of my childhood. I'd spend the months before thinking about all the fun I was going to have, and then I'd spend the months after telling all my friends back home an endless stream of camp stories. But then, camp was over. I grew up. I went to college, got a couple of jobs. I'd occasionally feel that camp spirit from time to time. You know, remembering a story or looking at old scrapbooks. But the older I got, the less I was able to capture that spirit. That is, until March of 2015, when I went on a little walk. Well, actually a, a, a big walk. Uh, because folks... That was the year I thru-hiked the Appalachian Trail. For those 2,184.9 miles, I was back at summer camp. And that was just the beginning. The next year, summer camp was paddling for two weeks down the mighty Wabash. The the year after that, thru-hiking the Colorado Trail. and, And then road tripping across Iceland the year after that. And that camp spirit I had as a kid, the one that I'd been chasing ever since... It was back. And it dawned on me. Summer camp is what you make it. I mean, sure, yeah, it's campfires and s'mores. It, it's, it's swimming in lakes and going on hikes and sleeping out under the stars. But so much more than that, it's, it's forming lifelong bonds with people you would never have met. It's going on adventures and, and making discoveries and abandoning convention Summer camp is drinking in every bit of joy and novelty that the world around you has to offer and savoring it to the last drop. Anyone, anywhere, can go to camp. But it's up to you to find it. And folks, I intend to find it. This summer, I'm going back to camp. And I have... No doubt that this will be the wildest one to date because I am packing up my life and hiking the roughly 3,000 miles from Mexico to Canada. That's right. This year's summer camp, the Continental Divide Trail. Don't worry, I'm, I'm not going alone. I'm bringing my two best buds in the whole wide world. And also, you. We're going on a walk. What do you say? You want to walk along? Over mountains high, through rivers strong, to make new friends and sing new songs. So tie your shoes, we're hiking through, here at Camp Walk Along. Howdy campers, and welcome to Camp Walk Along. I'm your camp director, Bison. The first day of camp just around the corner, your camp staff has been working their keisters off to get everything shipshape for the upcoming season. And I'm so excited because I can already tell that this is going to be the best summer in camp walk-along history. Now, we want to keep you all up to date on all the happenings here at camp. So today, we are so excited to bring you the premiere episode of the Camp Walk-Along Wire. Every week, I'm going to be here to bring you the latest and greatest in Camp Walk-Along news. But campers... I'm not going to be doing it alone. No, 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 no. I'm going to be joined by some of the best staff that Camp Walk Along has to offer, partially because it's the only staff that Camp Walk Along has to offer. Either way, my first co-host is one of my best friends in the whole dang world. He's an encyclopedic knowledge of the Muppets. He shares a birthday with Garfield the Cat, 
and he makes one heck of a Spam and pineapple stir-fry. Let's give a big camp walk-along welcome to Camp Counselor Marky. Howdy, Marky. Howdy, Bison. Now, Marky, I gotta ask, what is the secret to your Spam and pineapple stir-fry? Because I'll tell you what, it is delicious. The secret is to not think about what Spam is. (laughs) Accurate. Accurate. It's gourmet ham in a can. That spiced ham, so good. Now, my second co-host is my other bestest friend in the whole dang world, even though we did recently get into an argument about the proper pronunciation of Chewbacca's home planet, and we're, I just, I don't want to get into it again. So let's give a big camp walk-along welcome to Camp Counselor Dalto! Howdy, Dalto. Howdy, Bison. Dalto, how is your heart today? Surgically repaired, as always. Oh yeah, man! You're part of that zipper club. You got that. I, uh, you got that scar down the middle. I got a yeah. I got the number one right on my chest forever. Fellas, this is your first summer at Camp Walkalong. Are you guys stoked? Yeah. Hell yeah. Now this is your first summer with us here at Camp Walkalong. But mm-hmm. what about like when you were younger? What about when you were kiddos? What was your camp experience then? Very little. Uh, let's see. Apparently, I only went camping once, and it was with my friend's family. So there's that. Do you remember it being a, a positive experience? I don't even remember it. <laughs> oh, good. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, no, uh, that, that was from like 97. So I think I might have, may have been like five years old at that point. Uh, okay. So after, but then after that, the next camp experience that I would have had was, uh, I think in like junior high, maybe middle school, going to a Christian week-long summer camp at Spring Hill in Oh, Indiana. didn't I go to that with you? Uh, maybe once i don't I think, think you were there one of the times if i did I, do it uh, twice. we went we went with uh with our church that we went like as like a separate thing oh we yeah did. that was like a weekend yeah. thing yeah yeah yeah. uh now marky no. your your summer camp is that like a like a sleepaway type camp is more of a day camp oh uh, yeah no this was this was uh, a sleepaway camp we had like uh the the giant cabin tents that we all slept in uh oh, and yeah. we were there for probably like i don't know like Four, four, three week, four, three, four weekdays and a weekend. Uh, well, we had all the activities of a rich kid camp. There was a zip line. There was a rock climbing wall. Did you have a blob? Was there a blob? We did have a blob. Yes, I you did had a blob. blob. <laughs> I got blobbed. I was not. I was not much for blobbing others, though, given my size. Camper's bison confession. I have never blobbed, but I would love to launch Marky off of, off of blob because. I could send him flying. <laughs> How about you, Dalto? What was your What was your camp experience? Well, as I mentioned, I I at least once went to like a weekend camp with Mark at that at that same camp, and I specifically remember I was like in the bunk. They had those cabin style bunks. I was on the bottom, and I was for whatever reason seriously terrified. My feet stuck out the bottom of whoever was above me, who I believe was Marcus. Jumping down, landing on my feet, and breaking my ankles. And so I made, I think I made Marcus switch bunks with me because I was scared of breaking my ankles. <laughs> Still a fear to this day I have. I don't want to break my ankles particularly. Anyway. I mean, that's, that is a, that is a very relevant fear. I, I personally have a fear every time I walk by a, a concrete step, I'm afraid I'm going to trip into it and uh, bust all my teeth out on it. So yeah, we, we all got those, <laughs> those weird yeah, fears. Just, just that thing. But um, beyond that, I did Boy Scouts. Uh, like my dad went with, I remember we got that big eight person tent to the two of us kind of thing. That was a good time, but like, it didn't feel like the real deal. I gotta say, I was also planning on breaking your feet. So I guess it's a good thing that you made me switch bunks with you. (laughs) I'm also still planning on breaking your feet on this trip. Thank fucking God that you finally admitted that. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I started like camping though in high school. I started going with my buds and then, uh. We started doing like backpacking and stuff in southern Indiana. And that's when I was like, all right, I don't hate this. Well, and then we all, all three of us have gone camping together in one way or, or another. Marky and I have gone on backpacking yeah. together a handful of times. Dalto, I think all, actually all three of us have gone out more car camping style, but we've all been out camping before. But this is your guys' first real big summer camp. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys picked a, you guys picked a heck of a year to join the Camp Walk-Along crew because this year is going to be bananas. Like I said, this is going to be our best summer yet because, campers, this summer, Camp Walk-Along will attempt to through-hike the entirety of the Continental Divide Trail. Now, for those campers who don't understand what that means, what does it mean when I say through-hike? How is that different from just going out on a weekend? So a thru-hike is typically going to be a sizable trail, uh, usually over 100 miles, and that means it's going to be a multi-day to weeks to months trip. 
Uh, you're going to be carrying everything on your back, and most importantly, you're going to do every part of the trail under your own foot power. Uh, that doesn't mean we'll camp every single night. We'll camp probably 90% of the time, but occasionally we'll be in a, a hostel, a shelter, a hotel, something like that, carrying all our stuff with us at all times. Now, when you say we're carrying all our stuff with us at all times, if we're out there for weeks and months at a time, surely we're not going to be able to carry like all of our food and all of our water for the whole trip. No. So a couple things that we'll have with us, water filters uh, that we'll be able nice. to grab water from kind of wherever, anything from like uh, a river, a lake, a stream, a 7-Eleven who's selling water to like a cow trough. <laughs> Uh, and we'll just scoop that up and screw on our filters and hope and pray for the best. Hold up. Hold up. Cow. What do you mean cow trough? The first part of this trip, there's definitely some areas where our only water source is going to be also cow's water source. So we'll be sharing that with our, our moo cow friends. And uh, that'll be a little a little sketchy to do. It's going to look green and gross, but... Hopefully it won't come in out of the filter. Hence, hence the filters, right? <laughs> yeah. Hence the filters. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably have like backup drops and things like that just in case with us, but uh, try and keep our guts clean. Well, what about food though? Like what, how are we, how are we going to go about getting our food throughout? Yeah. Food's going to be definitely more logistical thing because it's something we can't necessarily find on the trail. So we'll be stopping and getting that kind of as we hit towns every week or so throughout the trail try and stock up with things that won't perish quickly. Uh, if we do get things like that, we'll probably be eating them the first day or two. Those will be like our little trail treats. Now, you've been talking about this particular trail we're going on. We're, we're going to be hitting up the Continental Divide Trail, the CDT. What is the CDT? How is this trail different from some of those other thru-hiking trails? Because a lot of folks have heard of the Appalachian Trail, have heard of the Pacific Crest Trail. But like, what is the CDT? Uh, I'll take that one, Camp Director Bison. <laughs> so the Continental Divide Trail is one of the three national scenic trails in the United States. Uh, as Camp Director Bison said, there is the Appalachian Trail that goes through the Appalachian Mountains from like the southern part of the United States up to the northern part. There's the Pacific Crest Trail, which goes through the mountains in California. If I remember what they were called at the moment, I would say it, but unfortunately, I don't. Uh, and that <laughs> goes <Sierras>. from... <laughs> it's called the Sierras. The, the Sierras, campers. Yes. Hey, hey, campers, it's called the Sierras. You'll learn all about this in the geography classes that we do uh, at Camp Walk Along. Uh, so yeah, it goes from, you know, the southern tip of California, uh, where you're getting into Mexico, all the way up through Washington State, and it goes through the Sierras. And then the Continental Divide Trail is sort of like the granddaddy of all three national scenic trails. That one is a trail that goes all the way from the border to Mexico to the border to Canada. And you're going to be traveling through, I believe, five states. You're going to be going through New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. And you're going to be going specifically through the Rocky Mountains when you're, when you're going through uh, that mountain section. Uh, and then you also take a dip into like the Great Basin, and then you also get to go into the um, Wind River Range. Yeah, so we're hitting a wide range of geographic locations. Uh, but what's very unique about the Continental Divide Trail, that is the section of the United States where water is going to either flow out to the west into the Pacific Ocean or east into the Atlantic Ocean. So basically any rainfall that happens along that divide it's going to trickle down and through various streams and tributaries, it's, it's eventually going to find its way to one of those two oceans. So what I'm hearing is I can pee off one side of the trail and it'll end up in the Atlantic and you can pee off the other side of the trail and it'll end up. In yes. The and I intend to do that at some point. <laughs> and then if I pee down the <laughs> middle, theoretically, I'll get a nice even spread to both oceans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that we can guarantee that, but that is certainly an attempt that can be made. Now, Marky, you had mentioned the National Scenic Trails, and there's the big three. There's the Appalachian Trail, as you said, goes from Georgia to Maine for 2,200 miles. There's the Pacific Crest Trail, which goes from Mexico to Canada up through California and the West Coast, and that's 2,600 miles. But then you got the Continental Divide Trail, also going from Mexico to Canada, but it's listed as being somewhere between 2,700 and 3,100 miles. That's 400 miles difference. Where is this discrepancy coming from? Yeah, so, you know, they say no National Scenic Trail is ever 100% complete, but they do give an estimate that the Continental Divide Trail is 95% complete. And a part of the reason for that is that the lands that it goes through vary in ownership. You know, there's some that are owned by the scenic parks. There's some that are owned by the Bureau of Land Management. There are some that are actually uh, indigenous people's reserves. 
What parks What parks are we going to be going through? I, let me list a couple off the dome. I think I can name at least three. Rocky Mountain National Park. Boom. Uh, we're going to be hitting Yellowstone. Check. And we're also going to be hitting Glacier. No, not Glacier National Park. That's in Alaska. Uh, no, it is Glacier National Park. Oh, yeah. Park. No, it, no, it, it is, is Glacier. glacier. Yes. It's Glacier. Yeah, it's Glacier. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's up in Montana. Yeah, in Montana. <laughs> uh, and then we're also going to be hitting some other like protected lands. So what you're saying, Marky, is whereas with the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, where you're more or less staying on the same trail the whole time, with the Continental Divide Trail, you kind of have some options. You can kind of, I guess, pick what part of the trails you're doing, right? Not unlike when I was a child, eight years old, picked up a Goosebumps book and realized I had the freedom to choose my own adventure? (laughs) Yeah, so the CDTC, which is the Continental Divide Trail Coalition, the governing body that manages the Continental Divide Trail, they have their official trail, but there's also a number of alternate routes that are considered acceptable. And these routes exist because if there's a landmark nearby that you want to go see like you have the option to go do that and then come back to the trail or also for logistical purposes say like the snowpack is too high in certain sections and you have to you know figure out another way around there's an alternate there that allows you to go through that without having to necessarily wait until better conditions and so that's the reason why the continental divide trail uh, ranges between those two lengths so it's a yeah it's a bit of a choose your own adventure trail So what I'm hearing is a number of people can do the Continental Divide Trail, but they're not all necessarily going to have the exact same hiking experience because everybody can kind of pick their own alternatives. Yeah. That's super exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, there's also alternate starting and ending points. Yeah, so there are the the two official start points, which are the Crazy Cook Monument down on the Mexico border and then up in Glacier National Park on the Canada border in Montana. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Marky, with all this information, you were actually the one that initially pitched the idea of trying to thru-hike the CDT. What what drew you to the Continental Divide Trail? I guess what made you want to go on a thru-hike? I had watched you do the Appalachian Trail back in 2015, and, you know, you had piqued my interest in thru-hiking. But unfortunately, in 2015 is when I started my career in Chicago as a stage manager. Then when the pandemic hit, theater essentially shut down for a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's existing in a digital format now, but, you know, not nearly to the extent that it was before where you could conceivably make a living off of it. And so I had moved in with my family in Tennessee for the time being until the pandemic was over. And I picked up a job at REI, a place that the two of you have worked previously. Oh, yeah. We've all rocked the green vest at one point or another. Green vest gang, baby. And so, you know, at that point, I think I'd been in Tennessee for about three months or so. And, you know, Tennessee's like a fine state to be in. Tennessee, a fine state to be in. You're totally gonna, you're about to fucking just destroy Tennessee, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming for you, Tennessee. No. Uh, but, but, yeah, you know, this is not necessarily where I want to be in at my life. Are you hearing that, Tourism Board of Tennessee? Do better. Do better, Tennessee. They don't need me. They've got all of these uh, bridal parties coming in. Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee, the bachelorette party capital of the world. That that's very <laughs> true. So you're so you're you're living in Tennessee. You're working at REI. You're not feeling it. So like, where did the actual want to, and I guess the decision to do a through hike come from? Uh, well, Bison, to be honest, I, I I believe that you incepted the idea into my brain. You've been <laughs> dropping hints over the past couple of years of like, oh, and when we do our through hike. Bison's also just the kind of person where like he's going to throw out about 40 ideas of things they're going to do in the future. And then it's actually on you to go further with it and bring him along. Yeah, that's what I do. I I I, I give sparks. I, I I plant seeds, and and it's up to you to cultivate these wonderful, adventurous little plants. <laughs> okay, but anyways, you the idea existed in my brain. I'm pretty much just unaffiliated here in Tennessee. I'm not doing the career that I want to be in. I don't own any property. I'm not paying rent anywhere. I'm not dating anybody. With a mug like that? How is that happening? I know, right? Campers, you can't see this, but Marky is a straight up cutie pie. His jawline is so sharp that you could make sculptures with it. I mean, (laughs) come on. It's fucking time. Grab this boy. Thank you. I'm I'm well renowned for my uh, jaw structure. But anyways. Big square head of yours. Yeah, you fucking Lego brick. (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyways, those are sort of the three things that you ha- kind of have to give up whenever you do a through hike or figure workarounds for, you know, relationships, uh, living situation and your career. And right now, I don't necessarily have to work through any of those things. It kind of just made sense. Marky, it's a big commitment to do a through hike. You have to give up a lot. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not an easy endeavor. It's not like a regular vacation where you're just going out and partying for six months. It's a lot. So when you told me, you had called me, you had asked me if I wanted to do a through hike of the Continental Divide Trail. And I kind of looked at you and I said, are, are you sure? And you're like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I want to do it. And I was like, but, but Marky, like, I need you to commit. I need you to think about this first. And I think you, you had called me the next day and you're like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm in. And that was it. It was gangbusters from there on forward. I would like the audience to know. I would like the campers to know. That that was an impression of me, and not no, no, no. It's it's no. This is me talking the whole time. I, I, I was not uh, reenacting my lines in that. How delivery. are you talking twice? That's amazing. Why didn't anybody tell me my voice was so weird? <laughs> hey, hey, Marky, your your voice is real weird. <laughs> hey, your voice, just like your jawline, is beautiful to me. <laughs> so you called and you said we're doing this, and I said are you sure? And you said, yeah. And I said, are you sure? And you said, yeah. So at that point, like it was our, we needed to start talking it up because, well, here's, here's my, uh, my first through hike and pro tip for all you folks out there. Uh, whenever you're doing a through hike or any big project like this, you got to tell as many people as possible because one, you want to get people stoked and excited for your journey you're going to go on. But also you want to tell so many folks that it's going to be real embarrassing if you back out. So it kind of locks you in. So yeah, we, it, we needed to start telling people. And of course, like the first person we were going to tell, the only person that we needed to tell first was was the the third in our trio, our other best bud, Dalto. And so we ended up telling Dalto. And I, I'm pretty sure the first thing you said was, why didn't you invite me? <laughs> I think I had like the worst FOMO of my life for 10 minutes. Where I was like, <laughs> oh no, my two best friends are hiking without me. But our, okay, in, in our in our defense, you, you had just moved um, to a new place. You had... Two beautiful dogs, Pete and, and Jelly. Pete and Jelly forever. We love Pete and Jelly. And so we just assumed, like, you you had some commitments and you wouldn't be able to, to drop everything and join in. See, that's totally fair. I had just moved. I was, however, in this very impulsive place kind of because of what had happened. Uh, I had... Well, and everybody in the pand- pandemic was kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Everyone was making split-second decisions. Yeah, so how I'm, I moved to Colorado because I got laid off from my job. I had been working in the wedding industry in Texas, and I had wanted to move to Colorado. But coincidentally, the day after I got laid off, the three of us had planned a trip. You guys came out here to hike, and I also came out here to hike because I didn't live here at the time. And then I just liked it, and I did not, I did not go back to Texas aside from... Five days. Yeah, we had to leave early because actually Marky had his interview for REI and Dalta was like, well, I got, I got a couple more days off. I'm just going to hang out and hike by myself. And we were not on the road for 30 minutes. We had probably not even left the state of Colorado before you had texted us and be like, yeah, I'm staying out here. I'm moving out here. And that was it. And you just kind of, you just stayed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I really did. I booked a plane ticket. The cheapest plane ticket of my life was like 35 bucks. And I stayed in Texas for three more days, four more days, something like that. And came back here in a moving truck and been here since. Campers, can I tell you, although that may seem impulsive, that is 100% the most Dalto move of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I tend to move somewhere with like a caveat and then actually end up staying before I've actually considered it. That's my move. Uh, That's how I got to Texas as well. That's the kind of of impulse control that makes for great stories. (laughs) So anyway, the boys uh, asked me and I, well, they didn't really ask me. They told me they were doing the trail and I was just like, well, I don't want to fucking go. Yeah, and, and then you uh, told us you were doing the trail, and that was it. Well, I feel like I took a couple of days, and I thought about the dogs, and I thought about just everything to do with it. The logistics of it. Yeah, and then I was just driving one day. I, I literally woke up one morning and was just like, I'm fucking doing it. I'm going. I'm going to do the trail. And so I was driving through. I think I went out hiking that day, and I was driving back, and I called you guys, and I was just like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. Let's go. And that was it. And then we're, we were off to the races. It was it was full steam ahead from there. I still legitimately did not believe I was going, though, like fully until very recently. 
Oh, like, that's like I was going, but I campers, didn't believe it. That's a fact it. that I'm hearing for the first time right now. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I was going. Like, I knew I was going. I wanted to go. I wasn't not committed to it. I just didn't believe it until recently. Like, I didn't yeah. have it. It didn't sink in, maybe, is what I should say. It still doesn't feel like it's happening. It feels like it now, but it didn't until maybe two weeks ago. Well, and honestly, in some ways, yes, it's coming down the chute. We're, we're, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen quickly. But even so, somehow it still does not feel real. And I truly don't believe it'll feel like we're legitimately doing it until we're legitimately doing it, until that first day of camp. Yeah. Now, I, I got to ask for both of you. So as, as Marky had mentioned, yeah, I, I, hiked the, uh, I hiked the AT back in 2015. Um, I also hiked the Colorado Trail along with just a handful of other shorter treks. So I've had a little bit of experience. I'm, I, am, I am by no means an, an expert, but I've, I've been on a through hike or, or two. This is both of your first through hike. And you picked the CDT, which is typically considered one of the hardest of the through hiking trails of the national scenic trails. Did you guys consider that at all when, when picking this one? Do you, I mean, do you guys think you're up for this challenge? It's like, you're saying, you know what? I'm, I'm really into thumb wrestling. So I think I'm going to go join a fight club. Like you went big <laughs> fast. I, I don't feel like I had any autonomy over what trail it was because you guys picked it. And then you oceans 11 me and we're like, we have one last job, one big score. And I was like, fine, I'm in. And then we decided to go. No, it's you guys picked it. I had nothing to do with it. Oh, I did not pick it. I believe Marky picked it because he was the one that pitched it to me. He was the one that was like, uh, we're, we're going to throw hike the Continental Divide Trail. In fact, I was the one who pitched it. And <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm fully aware that it's a bit of a dummy decision to start with the CDT. However, because of the pandemic, it's also, of the three National Scenic Trails, the most secluded out of all of them. The Appalachian Trail, they say, is just like the green tunnel. And you will see people very regularly. Like, Corey, how often would you say, like, you were coming up on people? First of all, I started March 15th, which is, I didn't realize at the time, but is uh, the most popular day to start at that year. I think second only to March 1st. And then also, I went northbound, which is, again, the, uh, that's the classical route. That's the way that most folks hike it. But on the Appalachian Trail, I truly had to work to have any sort of solitude. Like, you are pretty much always with people. I think the entire time I was out there, I was on trail for just shy of seven months. And I, uh, I think I spent maybe two or three nights where I was camped somewhere where there wasn't somebody else camped nearby. And that wasn't until I got way up North in the kind of Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine area, because at that point there was a good number of folks who had dropped off the trail because again, this, this, it's a difficult thing to do. And so like most folks just don't make it. But yeah, no, you really have to, you have to work to be by yourself. From what I understand, the, the PCT is still popular, but markedly less popular than the AT. But then you get to the CDT, and the CDT is is generally the, the least popular. You're going to see the, the least number of folks. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I read the stat somewhere that it's like, I don't even think like 200 people even attempt it per year. So one of the things I've seen online was that about 180 people to 200 people complete it every year. So you can like, there's no real way to know how many people start it and don't finish, but that probably leaves it solidly less than 500 people even start it at most a thousand on a popular year. So yeah, it's it what, what would be like a normal uh, amount of people that attempt the, the AT every year? Oh, thousands, thousands. I mean, I don't actually, I couldn't tell you number. I don't know, but it's, it's a ton of folks. I would say at this point, possibly too many folks. It's an army. Like you cannot, you're, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're never alone. (laughs) Which is actually, I don't know, something uh, to consider if you're ever a person thinking about doing the AT for the first time. If you have this grand idea of being by yourself a lot and getting some good solitude in a way you will, but you're also just always going to be around people. Yeah, it's it's a social trail. It is. It's a social trail. It's a cultural trail. It is. I mean, it's still a wilderness trail, but like I would say it's first and for- foremost a social and cultural trail because the number of folks you're going to be seeing, the number of different opportunities you have to pop into different trail towns. So I guess to, to your point, Marcus, then yes, this is as far as in the age of pandemic, this is probably the safest and the most socially distanced of the trails we could be doing. But I mean, on top of that, it is still incredibly difficult. Like, did you consider that at all? I I did. And the thing that I think is what's going to keep me on trail, 
Uh, well, one, I've been mostly telling myself that it's going to suck more than it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, I've been prepping myself mentally for that. And honestly, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> always, always going with a negative mental attitude. That's the greatest way to start any sort of adventure. And I think that's generally the attitude that I carry into almost any venture in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, uh, the fact that I'm doing it with you two that I've known, you know, as long as I've known anyone in my life helps that you guys will you know care to keep making sure i go forward but also like give me a lot of shame if i try and stop (laughs) oh absolutely i i would not be attempting this if i was by myself that would that would actually be dumb i'll tell you what i mean even even myself who who has a a decent amount of backpacking experience i also would not be attempting this it was by myself that's one of the things i am the most stoked about is not only being able to go on this what I'm hoping will be an incredible adventure, but doing so with like two of the people I love more than anybody else in this world. You can't see right now since this is an audio format, but I I am blushing for the record. Uh, Well, you have every right to Dalto. You have every right to. I think it is kind of like, there is something to it about like the go big or go home thing for it, especially for me. I'm definitely someone who kind of decides I like something and then gets tunnel vision on it and learns everything about it really fast. And I think it's kind of like starting with that one almost feels better because there are challenges that aren't present on the other two, which I'm sure is, you know, there's challenges with those that aren't present on this one as well. But it just kind of feels like it's fun to learn these things. Like I bought an ice axe and I feel like it's the coolest thing I own now. The fact that I might need it is just it feels really cool. (laughs) Purchasing gear is very fun. I will say that, too. Anybody can purchase gear. I mean, obviously, you have to have some skills to do this trail. How? I mean, how have you guys been preparing for this? I mean, we we had a rel- relatively short runway. I mean, we we decided less than a year before we went out. So I'll start with you, Dalto. How have you been preparing yourself? I'm pretty fortunate. I am here in Colorado Springs, so I'm 15 minutes from the mountains. Anytime I want to go out there, I live at altitude. I do think that's been nice. I definitely have been going out. A lot, even before I planned to do this, I think I had done well over a hundred hikes the first four months I lived here. So definitely that. And then trying to work in stuff where I'm figuring out and getting used to how I might eat out there and uh, strengthening my core and stuff so I can carry my pack. It's been pretty solid to be out here. It's a, it's a good foundation. What about yourself, Marky? I mean, you, you have not been lucky enough to be in, in the heart of the Rockies. What have you been doing to, to prepare yourself for this? Uh, before I started working at REI, I was averaging at least like four miles a day walking around the neighborhood. Uh, you know, maybe once or twice a week, I would go find a park and walk, you know, six between six to 10 miles. And I would probably do that very regularly. I was working out a lot. But yeah, then I just got super busy at REI during the holidays and I've gotten off of it since then. Uh, but Bison, you and I have actually done, we did a backpacking trip to Mammoth Caves. Yeah, we've actually, we've, one of the good things that truly has come out of this whole pandemic is the fact that it truly has allowed me so much more time to to spend time outdoors it's my favorite thing in the world is to be playing outside and thankfully that's like the one safe thing to do and so marky you and i have gone on any number of different trips during this we backpacked through mammoth caves we went hiking out on just outside of the appalachian trail in great smoky mountain national park we went and met up with dalto and hiked around big bend and enchanted rock in in texas we went to colorado and and hiked around um, the garden of the gods and rocky mountain national park so truly this has been a boon of a year for for outdoor adventures when this all really first started like almost a year ago i just got so stir crazy that I was going on like 10 mile suburban walks because I was just so (laughs) bored. And I I know you guys remember because I would call you and just like be like, all right, I'm on hour three of this walk. I've been looking at a sidewalk for a while. What do you have that's interesting to say to me? Yeah, (laughs) hour long conversations. We could always tell when Delta was bored because he just call out of the blue and you could hear him walking in the background. Just like, let's shoot the shit for like (laughs) two or three hours, however long you got. Well, I think I also just kind of started walking uh, very Forrest Gump-esque and I did not know how long I was going to walk for. And then I just kind of keep going. And then I'd get real sunburnt. <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break for the midday announcements, but we are going to be back in just a moment with more of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Ah. 
Attention campers, please refrain from feeding the horses Sloppy Joes. I repeat, please refrain from feeding the horses Sloppy Joes. Also, Camp Counselor Marky, please report to the stables. Bring a bucket. That is all. And we are back. It sounds like both of you guys have been doing a lot of a lot of logistical planning. Obviously, all have been getting your gear together and doing research on the trail. And also, you guys have been doing some physical conditioning, going going on and backpacking trips and hikes and trying to just get yourself in in hiking shape. But I mean, have either of you been doing anything for your mental prep? Well, that's one of the biggest challenges of any through hike. Like anybody can go on a long walk, but wanting to continue to go on that long walk, like day after day, after rain, after snow, when you're tired and sore, it takes a lot of mental fortitude to really want to stick with something like this. So like, have either of you been doing anything to prepare yourself mentally for this, this hike? I almost feel like I went through the five stages of grief. Uh, <laughs> as I was thinking about this, I'm not Dabda, baby. I'm not even Dabda. I'm not even joking. Like I kinda had like a week at a time where I'd kind of feel one way about the trail. And in the weeks where I was not feeling so hot about it, I would just try and not think about it. Like I was like, I'm saving this for a week from now. I, I was like, don't engage with the bad, save it for when I feel good. And and then since then I feel pretty solid. I think it's more been like preparing my family, helping them understand what this is and like why it's not insane to do. <laughs> I mean, my mom called me crazy, but <laughs> I don't know what yours said. My folks, my <laughs> folks have accepted that they can do nothing to change this. I mean, I, I went through a lot of the same things with my folks when I was going out my first through hike. It was a lot of preparing them for it and trying to ease some of their worries. But they're your parents. Their worries are never eased. They're always going to continue to worry about you. And so when I told my folks I was <laughs> I was going to do this through hike, well, the first thing my mother did is she started crying. And then after after she settled down a little, she goes, I guess that there's nothing I can say to convince you not to do this, right? And I was like, I love you, mom, but no. She's like, all right. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to start doing some research. So I'll tell you what, you can definitely keep your folks in the loop, but they're, I mean, it's their job to worry about you. That's what they do. <laughs> and then uh, on top of that, I think being okay with not seeing my dogs for a little bit, by the same token, they're staying with my parents. That helps to know that they'll be fine. I also think it helps my parents because they love my dogs. <laughs> and I don't think like, you have anything to worry about, Dalto, because I'm pretty sure your dad likes likes Pete more than he likes you. That's fair. <laughs> <That's really> fair. <laughs> He's like the floppy-eared son I never had. <laughs> Kevin's famous southern accent, even though he's from northwest Indiana. Yeah, he's a Chicago boy. Oh, yeah, that's Which great. Which is in Illinois. But. Peter. Peter, Jelly, get over here. Get over love- here. Your pop, your papa's on the FaceTime call. Say hello to your dad. I love these dogs almost as much as I love uh, hot dogs with no ketchup on them. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Mark? You, have you been doing anything to prepare yourself mentally for this? I mean, I think it's just more just like telling myself, hey, a lot of people go into these types of things thinking that it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows and that it's going to be like, you know, a lot of eye-opening experiences But a lot of it really is dealing more with motivation and the mundanity, mundaneness, the mundanity, the boring parts, the boring parts of the trail. Yeah. uh, Yes, you will still have a lot of those like eye opening and wonderful experiences, but those are going to be probably fewer and far between than you want them to be. And so I've just been preparing myself for that, I think, more than anything. And I mean, I think that's going to be a part of just like establishing a routine and understanding like why I'm out there and why I'm doing it. And also I've been downloading a shit ton of podcasts. Along those same lines, Marky, yeah, so you were saying that there's a, a lot of good times, there's going to be a lot of boring times, but there's also probably going to be some sketchy times. Like, I guess, what kind of things are y'all most, like, nervous about going into this trail? I mean, as we've said time and time again, the CDT is the, the big bad mama of the National Scenic Trails. It's it's the roughest, toughest in the in the lot. Like, what are you guys nervous about? Uh, being struck by lightning. <laughs> oh, A valid <laughs> fear. In the CDTC guide to the Continental Divide Trail, they say the number one danger for hikers is lightning. <laughs> but hey, if we get struck, we'll be able to run really fast and have a computer-like brain. Yes. I mean, if 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 80s Kurt Russell movies have taught me anything, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with the lightning is, especially in the summer in the mountains, 
Uh, you kind of just get these weird little 30-minute-long storms every day around 2. It's monsoon so, season, yeah. It's monsoon season. So we'll be, like, pretty much trying to not be up high as much as we can after after noon, but that's not always going to be super feasible. We're just going to have to be little little scouty boys keeping our eyes out for, for storms and, and, th- and places to go when they happen kind of in the moment. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So in addition to, like, just turbulent weather... You know, I, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to say that, like, oh, you know, bears and rattlesnakes, uh, which are both legitimate fears. I think what I'm most nervous about is, um, you know, any potential injuries, even small injuries that can just parlay you for a period of time or potentially that, you know, snowball. And then it gets so bad that you have to get off trail. Like, I'm kind of worried about my back, yeah. my back and my feet, if anything. You can prep and prep and prep and, and read every book and weigh all your gear and, and be the most prepared. But it, it truly only takes one injury to knock you out for good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of on that note, like the thing I've been doing, uh, I guess this goes back to prep, but I've been trying to hike when I feel like shit and how you do that. So you're just going to have five, six drinks the night before and then wake up. And, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I feel bad, if my back hurts, if my legs hurt, if something feels weird, I've been trying to actually like go hike during that, which I'm sure is bad that I'm sure that's not good advice. But it is just like, can I put up with this? Can I can I deal with this if I don't feel great? You know, if I'm if I'm mentally or or just kind of feeling sore and tired. But yeah, like I I think that actually has helped of just like this is what a shitty day could be like. Yeah, but also knowing when you're feeling gross and when you're feeling sore, knowing when you are allowed to push it and when you kind of got to take it easy and maybe do some stretches and do some kind of physical therapy type of things like just knowing knowing when to address those problems. So like when Marky said, so it does not snowball into something worse. I mean, those are all super valid and things I, I am also nervous about. I, yeah, I'm for sure nervous about lightning. I am, I am for sure nervous about injury because those are some freak things that can't take you off. Bison's also very worried about bear country. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. Y- yes, I am worried, as should everybody. But to defend myself, most of my travel has been East Coast or Southern United States. So I've had plenty of run-ins with bears, but they've all been, they've all been black bears. They've been of, of the bears, like the most docile, but we're going to like about the top third of the trail is in grizzly country. That's so scary. These ain't no Winnie the Poohs. Am I right, fellas? No, (laughs) man. I mean, they, they do wear a shirt and no pants, but (laughs) that is, uh, the uniform. I mean, Yellowstone does have a dress code and all the grizzly bears abide by it. It's well known. I plan to do the same. I plan to do the same. I'm also going to hike through Yellowstone with a shirt and no pants. (laughs) I mean, I'm also planning as disguising myself as a rain cloud at certain points to, uh, keep bees from stinging me. (laughs) But all of that to say, even though, yes, I am super nervous, the only thing that has really kind of put my mind at ease at all is the fact that I'm going to have the two of you with me. And generally with any sort of, when you're going through grizzly country, as long as you follow the proper leave no trace principles and making sure you are not cooking in camp or storing your food in camp and just doing all the things you're supposed to do. Generally, if you have a group of three or more, grizzly bears tend to leave you alone i say now with absolutely no authority on the subject but from what i've read as long as you kind of keep a, a squad as long as you keep a group the bears don't really have any interest in engaging with a large group a lot of times when you're seeing if there are encounters with grizzlies on on trail or in these these grizzly areas it's with solo or maybe one or two hikers but the hope is that at that point we'll obviously have the three of us and ideally have even maybe a couple more folks that have decided to to join the camp as we're heading up the trail. There's any number of things that we can fixate on and be nervous about, but I'm actually more interested in knowing what are you most excited about? I'm stoked to just hike all the time. I love hiking so much. It's almost meditative for me. Like if I'm having a bad day or a good day, I want to go hike. So I think that kind of mindset, it, it seems great to just like be moving and seeing cool stuff every day or most days uh <laughs> i'm looking at you great basin <laughs> but yeah no i'm i'm just excited to kind of do that and also just like the big challenge of it is super appealing like the the scale of it is really cool and just like doing stupid shit with the two of you also my favorite thing in the whole world doing stupid shit with the two of you oh i love doing stupid shit with the two of you too Aww. wait wait do you guys want to hike the continental divide trip that sounds like some stupid That's, shit. <laughs> that was, let's do that stupid shit. What about you, Marky? What are you stoked about? Uh, I gotta say, uh, one and only with a bullet point, 
Hike Naked Day. Oh my god. I want to see these boys' buns. Hot <laughs> diggity dog. Bison. <laughs> Can you explain Hike Naked Day? Campers. I should not be telling you about Hike Naked Day. Oh, it's so rude and lewd and I'm a, I'm that kind of dude. Marky. <laughs> every year on the summer solstice, I believe this year it is... June 20th June or June 21st. 20th. It's June, June 21st every year. No, it, sometimes it? it bounces between the two. I don't think that's... I, oh, I guess... No, like I know because effect. my birthday's right before it. <laughs> It's a it's a leap year thing, ain't yeah. it? I don't know. Whatever day it is, it's the day of the summer solstice. And in the hiking, backpacking, kind of outdoor community that is internationally known as Hike Naked Day, which uh, is exactly as it sounds. Uh, my Actually, the Hike Naked Day when I was on the Appalachian Trail fell on Father's Day, Father's Day weekend. And it also happened that I was going through Shenandoah National Park on Hike Naked Day. So I was going through one of the most visited national parks <laughs> on the East Coast on one of the busiest weekends, Father's Day weekend. But I I still very much wanted to participate in Hike Naked Day. So <laughs> because you got to, you got to just a little you bit. You got to um, so naked. I, so I ended up having my 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 shorts, my my little my little booty shorts, my women's running shorts were were draped over my hip belt of my pack and I just kind of walked cautiously I'm, I'm, I, there was nobody else around no me sharp corners yeah i'd be hiking i'd be hiking up and i would come up over the crest of hills and i'd peek and i'd see somebody coming back the other way so i'd duck behind a tree real quick and i'd pull my shorts up real quick and i'd jump out from behind the tree and scare and the shit out of give them give them a nice way terrify them hey at least hey if i'm gonna scare them i'm gonna scare them barely clothed than not clothed at all and then I'd, I'd wait until they got far enough in the distance. They, they couldn't see me. And I'd, I'd pop my shorts off and drape them back over and, and hike on my merry way. That seems like bad planning to have it on June 21st, the solstice, because it just seems like the most likely day to get sunburnt in a new place you never have before. That, that's the point. I'll tell you what, though, like for folks who have participated in, in Hike Naked Day, I can tell you it is truly one of the most freeing Chafing. experiences. Yeah, I mean, once you once you kind of get over the, the initial nervousness over doing it, especially if you're like with other folks who are participating or if you're even if you're by yourself, like there's just something so nice about letting it all hang out and just letting that sun kiss every little crevice of you. It's great. I love it. Ah, uh, geez, this is getting too hot and heavy for the campers. Oh, goodness gracious. In addition to Hike Naked Day, one of the things I'm most looking forward to is just the views of everything, you know, whether it's going to be uh, uh, the ridges of the Rocky Mountains or when we're in the Great Basin, just like getting these big, long, open views. Well, I know. And also just knowing that this is going to be probably the one time in my life where I can be doing this and not necessarily having to give up something else. Because, I mean, if if I don't end up hating this, I'm probably going to be wanting to do more through hikes which would mean having to like choose between other things in my life. Yeah, when you uh, if you complete a through hike, it wrecks you because from that point forward, that's all you want to do. Like if you have the gumption and the stamina to make it through a whole through hike, it's probably something you dug doing. And once you get home, like it's just all you think about. That's partially why I asked you to make sure you were sure you wanted to do this because I have kind of had to put on through hike blinders because the, once you start thinking about it you just fixate on it and that's like all you can think about i have kind of just trying to put that out of my mind because it just has not been something that has been feasible or really practical in my life and then when marky asked me if i wanted to through hike with him the floodgates opened at that point i was in since the moment you asked me marky that has occupied my mind 23 and a half hours a day. Mm -hmm. It's 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 all I think about. And assuming you both finish, which I want the most for both of you, and I will do everything in my power to help you guys get there, it's all you're ever going to want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I guess to like encapsulate that into more of a direct thing, I'm just most excited about the opportunity to do this and to be challenged, Dan. It, it, like, it's been a long time since I've done something solely for me. Because when you work as a stage manager in theater, yes, you're doing that because you want to be there. But also, you're mostly just focusing on everybody else and maintaining everybody else's uh, goals and visions. Th this is something for me. It's just like a big project in a way. I, I haven't done anything big like this mm -hmm. in a long time. And, and so specifically something I chose, I think that's the important part, is that I deliberately picked this. You know, I said I want to do this. And it's so of my own volition. There's not a boss. There's not anything like that and I think it, it is like 
going to feel super freeing to just get out there and go and, and pick for ourselves what we want to do. And that's truly, that's that summer camp spirit. You can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You can eat whatever you want. And the only reason you're doing it is because you want to. That's summer camp. And that's summer camp. So I've been asking you guys a lot of questions, but as someone who's already through hike, do y'all have any questions for me? Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> I got an easy, hard question. So what was the closest you came on the Appalachian Trail to quitting? And what made you not quit? What kept you going? Hmm. So on, on our through hike, I mean, there's going to be any number of times when you're going to be like, oh, I'm, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. But then, I mean, you get over it. But occasionally those things stick and you just kind of fixate on it. I would say probably the closest I ever came to actually getting off trail. I was in upstate New York and my folks had just been out. My dad came out and he hiked a week on the trail with me. He had just gotten off and I was I was maybe two or three days past that. And it was also in the middle of a drought. It was so hot and it was there was no water sources anywhere. Everything was super dried out. The only way you could get water was to either hitch or walk down the road to like the delis and gas stations along the area and fill up in their in the gas station. And if y'all have ever drank New York municipal water, it truly tastes like you're sucking it out of a aquarium. Like it's so chemically and it's so chlorinated and it's so disgusting. I would oftentimes like squirt a whole bunch of lemonade mix into it and hold my nose and just shotgun the leader just to get some water in me. And so at the time it was hot and the trail was rough and I was probably dehydrated and I was missing my folks and I just wasn't having a good time. I'd already been on the hike for four and a half months and it was, I was miserable. And it was one of those things I thought about at the beginning of the day. And then of course I just fixated on it for the rest of the day. And I got to this road crossing and I just like, this is it. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to throw my thumb. I'm going to hitch into town. I'm going to take whatever bus or whatever I need to do. I'm going to go home. I'm done with this hike. And that's what I did as I sat there and I, I tossed my thumb out. And on the Appalachian Trail, it is so easy to get a hitch. It is. It truly is. Like, I don't think I ever had to wait more than five, 10 minutes to get a hitch. I sat there for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just like waiting. I think I sat out there for two hours. That's how set I was to be gone and to be done with this trail. And I was just the entire time just throwing my thumb out, trying to get out to town, get to a bus station. And it just wasn't happening. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just try the next road, whatever. And so I put my pack back on and I walk across this, the road. And on the other side of this road, I see a cooler and I pop open this cooler and inside are Ding Dongs and Capri Suns. And campers, you may not know this, but Ding Dongs and Capri Suns are one of the most delicious snacks of all time. So you best believe I devoured that Ding Dong and I just took down that Capri Sun. And honestly, I felt so much better. I felt so much better. And then I kept hiking. That was it. And then I, and then I finished the trail. And so really when it comes down to it, so much of that is mental attitude. I find that whenever I'm real grumpy or feeling sick or real sore, or if I'm just feeling bad at any point, there's three things I always do to kind of help lift my spirits. I eat, drink, and I be merry. So I eat, I eat a snack. You're probably just grumpy. You're hangry. I drink something, I drink some water, I drink some caffeine if I need it. A lot of times you're just dehydrated. And then I be merry, and by that I mean I, I BM, I go to the bathroom. And so oftentimes, like 99% of problems can be fixed by eating something, drinking something, and going to the bathroom. And that's just what I do. And that's honestly, that's how I live my life on trail. And that's how I live my life every day. <laughs> well, I have no questions because that story kicked ass and I don't want to top it. <laughs> that's really good insight. There's a reason it's called the restroom, you know? It's a place to rest. Just kind of re rest your mind, what's your body, rest your spirit. Just just take a rest. Yeah, and, and when we're out on trail, like, the world is my restroom. <laughs> well, with with that, gang, we are, we are just about out of time. But before we go, I do have one final question I want to ask y'all. I know that a lot of times when I am either prepping for a hike or I'm just starting a hike, Something that often helps keep me motivated and keeps me want to keep going is having kind of a clear set of goals ahead. If I, if I have something that I'm working towards, it's always easier for me to keep that forward momentum. So I guess I got to ask you both, 
What are y'all hoping to get out of this adventure? What goals do you have? I think my goals might be a little uh, ambiguous in some ways. Obviously, one, I want to finish the trail. Two, I want to slow down. I think I can really use the time on trail to just take life a little slower and not feel like I have to move at such a pace all the time. And three, I think I just want to, like I mentioned before, kind of take that ability to choose this and and continue to feel that way after and, and approach my life that way and choose to have things happen to me and be willing, more willing to say no to things I don't want to do. I hope that headspace continues through the trail for me. Mm-hmm. Marky? Yeah, man. I, I think my goals are very similar. I wrote them down, as was prescribed in our homework for this episode. <laughs> That's stage manager Marky right there with his, uh, with his notebook. All right. Uh, CDT goals. Number one, complete the trail. Leave for nothing short of a debilitating injury or medical emergency or death of an immediate family member. What about a secondary family member? What about a less immediate family member? We'll see. <laughs> How distant does that family member have to get before you don't get a trail? Is a, f- a first cousin, a second cousin, what level are you like? I might have extended family listening to this. Don't make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if uh, if Marky's extended family is listening to this and they think, hey, he probably met me, he for sure did. If uh, if you think Mark should come to your funeral and you're his cousin, uh, just tweet at Mark, hashtag come to my funeral cousin. Hashtag mourn me, Marky. <laughs> Number two. Reacquaint with myself, continue the work of realigning my values and expanding my outlook to live a more fulfilling life. Something that I was started working on in 2018, prepared to start doing in 2020, but then the pandemic happened. Open up and learn more. Basically, I've been so focused on my career that I've shut out everything else, even things that I thought could be helpful. I want to open myself up to other interests, learn more about the world around me, and be fine with not being a master at something. And number four, take some beautiful and kick-ass pictures and videos. And I tried to think of another another one for number five, but that was it. Well, you put mine to shit, so good job. Hey, that was my goal. That's always my goal, and to break your feet. <laughs> well, my goal is to try every different flavor of Pringles. So I think those all sound like really <laughs> great goals. And uh, Marky, if, if we want to continue uh, following up and checking on your goals, how, how can people get a hold of you? Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Marcus Carroll SM. That's Carol with two R's, two L's, and SM. Not as in sadism and masochism, but as stage manager. <laughs> go, go ahead and spell that one out for us, Marky. That'll be M-A-R-C-U-S-C-A-R-R-O-L-L-S-M. How about you, Dalto? You can find me at Andrew underscore KD, as in Kevin Durant, or as in Kevin Dalton, which is my middle and last name. And that is on Instagram. Uh, and that's the only one I got. Right on. And you can follow me on Instagram at Reverend Bison. That's R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D-B-I-S-O-N. Reverend Bison on Instagram. Campers, I am so stoked to have you here at camp with us this summer. If you have any questions for our counselors, uh, shoot us an email at campwalkalong at gmail.com. That's C-A-M-P-W-A-L-K-A-L-O-N-G at gmail.com. And hey, if we like some of your questions, they even make it on the show. For the latest in our camp news, you can follow us on Instagram as well as most of our other social media platforms at Camp Walkalong. That is at Camp Walkalong. And to hear our show every week, go ahead and subscribe to Camp Walkalong Wire wherever podcasts can be found. So until next week, campers, this has been Camp Director Bison. Camp Counselor Markey. Camp Counselor Dalto. Hey, we're going on a walk. Care to walk along? See you all next week for another episode of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Our camp counselors discuss CDT alternate routes, the best pie in Pie Town, and bring on a special guest counselor. Campers, you should know that our counselors love to answer questions. If you have a burning hot potato of a query, feel free to DM us on our Instagram at Camp Walkalong. That's C-A-M-P-W-A-L-K-A-L-O-N-G. Or send us an email at campwalkalong at gmail.com. If your question is featured, we'll also follow up to ensure you receive a complimentary Camp Walkalong wire sticker. While you're pondering that question, check us out on social media and let us know about your most recent camp shenanigans. Likewise, we keep the camp lights on through the generous feedback of listeners like you. Go ahead, subscribe to the podcast at your streaming platform of choice and leave a rating. Your feedback helps us keep the camp in tip-top condition. 
if you're feeling extra generous, financial contributions can be made at anchor.fm slash camp dash walkalong. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M using the support function. Help Camp Director Bison try every flavor of Pringles this summer. The Camp Walkalong Wire is brought to you by our treasured camp staff spread out all across the United States. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Salmon House and the following contributors. Mixing and mastering by Camp AV Director Danny Delaney. Original music by Camp Composer Counselor Ube. Bugle calls performed by Camp Bugler Tommy Delaney. Original artwork by Camp Artisan Erlon Vasquez. Camper Outreach by Counselor Anna and additional edits by me, camp historian Andrew Bookworm Nalen. In closing, campers, I encourage you to look at every ending as a mutual beginning. Whether you're stepping out onto a long-distance trail this summer, or just taking your first tentative steps out of the house after a long year, it's easy to become overwhelmed by the possibilities of what is to come. A wise filmmaker once suggested that you do as much planning as possible before the shoot, And on the day of filming, you prepare yourself to throw the planes in the garbage if needed. I get the sense our counselors are approaching things the exact same way. And I'm truly glad you'll be joining us for camp this season. This is your camp historian bookworm, wishing you good weather, starry nights, and a warm campfire, wherever you may be.